Welcome to your favorite Thursday podcast. I'm Nick Mitchell. And I'm Scott Tedford Barnes. And you are listening to Legends of Sportsball, an educational celebration of useless jock knowledge. Thank you for joining us. We have a very special episode today, don't we, Scotty? All the special. All the episode. All the time. Uh, today is August 4th, our national holiday. It's National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. Everything's food related. I just, I, I'm gravitated towards it. I, I mean, guess. we're gravitated towards it. Chocolate chip cookies are the missionary sex of cookies. <laughs> 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 You're like, yeah, but it could have been so much more. <laughs> <laughs> well put. Um, yeah, I think it's because they're all, all these national holidays are just like, you know, our country is just like born on capitalism. So it's like, it's all consumerism. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> first we'll do our flex seal of the week. We've got three notable jabronis. Um, we'll get into our Hall of Fame inductee, Jared Lorenzen. We'll get our scoreboard stumper answer. Uh, we will be playing Chase in the Mendoza line. We'll go to church. We've got a shampoo, and we'll send you on your merry little way. So without further ado, hit me baby one more time with that scoreboard stumper, Scotty. All right, so the number here is 20, but I want to know who has the most home runs during any month in MLB history. Is it Sammy Sosa? Is it Albert Bell? Or is it Ken Griffey Jr.? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like Albert Bell is too clever of a... um, of a throw-in name. <laughs> That's my system. Yeah. Uh, I think he's too clever of a throw-in name of all the guys that existed in the 90s. Like, you could have thrown in Frank Thomas or Jeff Bagwell or something, Mark McGuire, and you chose Albert Bell. So I'm going to say it's Albert Bell. Okay. Yeah, we'll get the answer after our inductee and then move on to Flex Seal of the Week. The super strong waterproof tape. That can instantly patch, bond, seal, and repair. Each week we recognize a franchise transaction that in no way fills the needs of the organization. This week's Flex Seal of the Week really hits home. It is Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham. Newest Red Sox left fielder. What a slap in the face. Red Sox are 500, last place in the AL East. He was traded for a player to be named later. Oh, I just got the slap in the face joke. <laughs> um, he's hitting 238 this year. He hit 229 in 561 plate appearances last year. And uh, most famously punched uh, an all-star player because uh, Fam didn't understand how injured reserve works in fantasy football. <laughs> He's not a good. He's not good at fantasy football. He's pretty good at baseball, but I, I think as being a right-handed batter, he could work pretty well with that wall in left field in Boston. Um, he'll probably up his average by about ten points and get some more extra base hits, but that's about it. Yeah, I just don't. I don't know. You know, they're unloading guys, and the the reason he's a flex seal is because I feel like they're trying to, you know, wa- wipe the board or. Bring some positive news to the organization. I don't really think Tommy Pham is that. He he had trouble learning left field in a very basic style outfield here in Great American Ballpark. <laughs> the let's just say that 
Fenway is a very difficult outfield. It's yeah. probably second second only to the Giants outfield <laughs> is manageable. Yeah. So have fun. <laughs> yeah, there should be some derpy moments out there. Yeah, catch it. Yeah, keep an eye out for some airs. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of which, moving on to notable jabronis. We've got a lot of football here. Yeah. Football's ramping up here soon. Um, first notable jabroni, we'll say the, the Cowboys. Or Jerry Jones, I guess. We'll do owners. Yeah. Jerry Jones. <laughs> um, they were they were listed as the most valuable franchise in the NFL. That's right. Yeah, yeah. they um, they're listed at $7.64 billion in worth. That's funny. I don't remember them being relevant for the last 27 years. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. I mean, I don't know. They're the New York Mets of football right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's, they probably just have the biggest fan base. I mean, Texas is huge in itself. And if you yeah. live in Texas, you're a Cowboys fan through and through, no matter what. So you're selling selling jerseys, putting people in stands, and they've been competitive, but yeah, I mean, uh, when was the last time they even won a playoff game? Yeah. So, I think this is Zeke and Dak's seventh year together. Yeah, and, <laughs> and they're they're going to have a really, really rough season. Um, they lost Amari Cooper. Yeah. They, Gallup's they, hurt. Gallup's hurt. Um, like, have fun. Have fun <laughs> with all your money, but, you know, <laughs> what has it done for you lately? <laughs> All right, Jerry Jones, we're done with you. Moving Always. on. Always. Next notable jabroni. Now we'll go to the Dolphins owner, yep. Stephen Ross, who was fined $1.5 million. He was suspended from the NFL activities, and he lost two draft picks um, for um, attempting to fix games. Or not fix games, but lose games on purpose and also um, try to recruit quarterback Tom Brady and coach Sean Payton and coach Sean Payton yeah. when they were with other teams without asking for permission from the teams to speak to them. And yeah. So they only got punished for the tampering, but I think, I don't know if the, the investigation into the tanking is closed entirely. Uh, Steven Ross made some, made a statement today that was just, he he's he seems like he's going ape shit right now. That's pretty much what the quote quote is for the day. He is going ape shit. Um, would you rather have Sean pa Sean Payton and Tom Brady, or would you rather have Mike McDaniel and Tua Tylova, respectively? <laughs> respectively. <laughs> Jesus. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, he sucks as an owner. Um, he's also accused of, you know, uh, racist pra practices in his ownership process. So, um, that's how this all kind of came to light, right? Cause he had fired Brian Flores after he had done a pretty good job. Yeah. And then Brian Flores came out and was like stating that he, they asked him to lose games on purpose and then yeah. it all unraveled. It all started with the Brian Flores thing. They never should have fired him anyway because he was a good coach. And then to do it for stupid reasons now it's just like backfiring it's all horribly. it's all just yeah it's imploding it's a crater <laughs> Steven Ross the biggest this is like the biggest thing to hit the dolphins since Ray Finkel Lisa's <laughs> <laughs> <is> out Dan <laughs> all right one last notable jabroni 
I mean, I feel like at this point he's got no, uh, he's got Jabroni of the Year on lock. I, I think he's got it on lock. <laughs> like, I don't want to take a lot to beat it. I don't want to call it. <laughs> Deshaun Watson. Here we go. Uh, finally came out with his suspension. It's you know it was announced he'll be suspended six games this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and. He is threatening to sue the NFL if they appeal his um, suspension. <laughs> so, yeah. So the the woman who the the female judge I forget her name she weighed in on the she was the one who handled the Watson case. She said it was the most egregious violation of the NFL's sexual conduct conduct policy. The most egregious. She did not exactly recommend the six-game suspension. It's what the bargaining agreement falls under for punishment. It falls under six six games. So there are guys. There was Calvin Ridley who found was betting on games for like fifteen hundred dollars, and he was suspended the rest of the season. Yeah, the entire season. And if they were to make the playoffs, which they won't. But if they were, he'd miss those games too. Never forget, yeah. Never forget that the NFL has has suspended Josh Gordon for a total of seventy eight games for weed. Yep. So this is weed we're talking about, and Deshaun Watson is a is accused of sexual assault. <laughs> what was the number up to? Twenty five. Twenty five. Twenty. I don't know. Not to mention there were like reports of like hundreds of women receiving text messages from him on top of the um yeah face to face interactions. <laughs> Here's the funny story. he's only he's only allowed to get massages under team facilities and team staff now. Yeah, yeah like yeah, he can only get a massage if like the Browns ask yeah. for it. I guess basically what they're doing there is saying like, "All right, if you if you Claim that you're going to keep him under control. We're going to make it your responsibility that he does it this way and does it the right way. That way, we can come after you if that's my guess. He, yeah, find six games and not no, you're not even find and only suspended six games. Yeah, it's the NFL will have to go after him if they if they if the NFL wants to appeal the decision. They have, have to. to. They'll have to. They but have the, to appeal the decision, or they have to like they have to answer to all all the statistics you just mentioned regarding weed and yeah, I mean. And it goes, and then we all go back to Roger Goodell being the one who swings the hammer, which we're back at square one, even with the collective bargaining agreement. Excuse me, but yeah. So here we are, Deshaun Watson, and yeah, he's like practicing and shit. I just don't think he should be even walking the streets. No. So yeah, if you or someone you know is a survivor of sexual assault and is seeking help, contact the National Sexual Assault Hotline at one eight hundred six five six four six seven three. Sean Watson, we're done with you. Done. Moving on to our Hall of Fame inductee, Jared Lorenzen. Jared Lorenzen. Jared Raymond Lorenzen was... (laughs) Jared Raymond Lorenzen... Jared Raymond Lorenzen was born February 14th, Valentine's Day, 1981, at an astonishing 13.3 pounds in Covington, Kentucky, to Joe and Janet. Jared attended Highlands High School, where he was a letterman in basketball, baseball, and football. In basketball, he helped in leading Highlands to Kentucky Sweet 16 appearances, but Jared truly excelled at football, where as a junior, he passed for a record 2,759 yards and 37 touchdowns in 13 games. 
Lorenzen would lead Highlands to a 15-0 record the following year, throwing for 3,393 yards with 45 touchdowns and only six interceptions. Damn. He also rushed for 904 yards and 15 touchdowns. It's a big boy. En route to winning Kentucky's Mr. Football Award. After just five games in his senior season, Jared committed to the University of Kentucky. Yeah, I remember him. I remember he was killing it. Wow, cats. Jared arrived in Lexington, and not long after, head coach Hal Mummy named Jared the starting quarterback job as a true freshman. The move caused returning starter Dusty Bonner to transfer, but Coach Hal departed due to an NCAA investigation into him and and his staff, which resulted in UK football being placed on probation. Much of Jared's college career was marred by the inconsistency when it comes to coaching. In fact, Jared would have had three different coaches in four years at Kentucky. Ouch. (laughs) Despite the turbulence and the fact that one coach thought to line the 285-pound quarterback up at receiver, Jared set school records in total offense, passing yards, and passing touchdowns. By year four, he eclipsed almost every mark set by former number one overall pick in Kentucky great. Tim Couch. Tim Couch. Speaking of the Browns, man. (laughs) Jared ended up not being selected in the 2004 NFL draft, but ended up signing with the New York Giants as an undrafted free agent. Lorenzen joined a quarterback room that already had Eli Manning and Tim Hasselbeck, not Matt, and served as the the third-string quarterback for the 04 and 05 season. Jared earned the role of second-string quarterback in the 2006 preseason, and though it was for just one play, chance of hefty lefty rained down from the crowd. <laughs> Lorenzen was, by far, the biggest quarterback in the league, and he was left-handed, so the nickname was spot-on. Big dude, seriously. He could truck people. <laughs> the following season, Jared was called on after Manning was injured in a game against the Cowboys. The next week, Jared attempted five passes and completed three of them for 21 yards, but it was the last of his playing time for 2007, and good thing, because the Giants would go on to upend the undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl. That was a big one. Won a championship. He got a ring, yeah. yeah. I mean, 21 yards on the season, hell. He contributed. You helped. Yeah. Game of inches. <laughs> After the 2008 season, Jared was released by the Giants, but then signed by the Colts a month later. He'd play in the preseason, but would not make the cut for the 53-man roster. In February of 2009, Jared signed to play for the Kentucky Horsemen of the Arena Football Developmental League, but the team went bankrupt and dissolved in October of 2009. (laughs) After the Horsemen folded, Jared retired as a player and was hired as a quarterback's coach at his alma mater, Highlands. In 2011, Jared returned to pro football, this time as a GM of the Northern Kentucky River Monsters of the Ultimate Indoor Football League. Go River Monsters. <laughs> the ish to play was still there, and Jared re- resigned as the GM and became the team's starting quarterback. <laughs> Good thing, because he threw for 81 touchdowns and won the league MVP award. <laughs> At season's end, Lorenzen was named the commissioner of the UIFL. <laughs> the commish. <laughs> yeah, he, man. <laughs> Jared still wanted to play and left his job as commissioner to join the Owensboro Rage of the Continental Indoor Football League in 2013. Unfortunately, the Rage folded two weeks prior to the end of the season due to lack of funds. Jared then returned to the River Monsters, but broke his leg in a loss to the Erie Explosion, ending his career. Lorenzen's weight problems were only exacerbated by his injury, and his health began to decline. With his 
weight ballooning to 500 pounds. In July of 2017, Jared launched the Jared Lorenzen Project, where he chronicled his attempts at battling obesity. By April of 2019, Jared passed away from an acute infection complicated by heart and kidney problems. He was 38 years old. Jared Lorenzen's life was unable to continue, but in the local community and among fans of the Hefty Lefty, Jared's memory will live on. Any way you cut it, Jared threw for 81 touchdowns in one season, something Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Aaron Rodgers can never say they did. And for that, he's a legend. Truly a legend. Yeah. What a crazy career. You got a ring, and that ring was as the backup quarterback to the team that beat the undefeated legendary Patriots team. Yeah. You were a commissioner and, and, <laughs> and an MVP. And an MVP. In the same year. <laughs> well, it was back-to-back years. I yeah, believe. yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, holy crap. And then the numbers he put up at uh, in high school and at Kentucky were fantastic. Well, yeah, he lost 100 pounds, but it was followed on ESPN. It's, it's just crazy. Yeah. It's a shame what happened. Okay, so we had mentioned the hefty lefty, but um, he has actually a lot of really funny nicknames that people came up with him through the years. Um, so much so that if I, if you Google it, it just like pulls up the list. Like it must be something people look up. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a BBQ, big beautiful quarterback. <laughs> Do you remember that player who went by He Hate Me? Yeah. At one point they were calling him he ate me. <laughs> <laughs> then you know we, we heard about hefty lefty, um, mobile, agile, hostile, and hungry. Um, the abominable throw man. <laughs> <laughs> he can spin it like yeah. legit. And then I'll end it with one of my favorite ones: the Pillsbury throw boy. Yeah, I mean that one was. I mean. <sighs> Jared Lorenz and Jared, truly Jared, a legend. Yeah, he was. Uh, I remember him being a big fan, big uh, guest of Jay Moore's when Jay Moore had his own radio show, and they actually played wiffle ball against Jared Lorenz, and, and he could just destroy them. Because I mean, being able to spin it as a quarterback, these guys can do the same stuff with you know wiffle balls and like really make it whip. And Jay Moore could not get a hit off of Jay Lorenz, Jared Lorenz. <laughs> like it was, yeah. I think Toomey did. I can't remember. <laughs> Yeah, what a what an interesting athlete and story. <laughs> Moving on to Scotty's scoreboard stumper answer. All right, so I wanted to know who has the record for the most home runs in one month in MLB history. It's funny because I want to mention this. It's actually happened during one of the months that's not thirty-one days. Wow, <laughs> impressive. Wait, it's thirty-one. June's thirty-one, right? July's 31. No, June's 30. Okay, it happened in June. Wow. So who has the record for most home runs in one month? The record is 20. Is it Sammy Sosa, Albert Bell, or Ken Griffey Jr.? I went with uh, the dark horse, Albert Bell. It is Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa. See, that um, makes the most sense. So I actually I started digging into this. Actually, Albert Bell does have a record when it comes to home runs in a month. Albert Bell hit... He hit... Um, 17 in the month of September, which is tied for American League uh, record with Babe Ruth. 
Okay. Babe Ruth hit 17 in 1927. Albert Bell hit 17 in 1995. That is the record for the American League for the month of September. Yeah, see, I thought I remembered him having like some kind <clears> of <throat> streak, but then I feel like I remember him getting busted with a corked bat. Yeah, he, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he probably stopped <laughs> at, six, at 17. But yeah, Sammy Sosa for the um, June of 1998. Uh, had 20. My birthday month, yo. Another PED story. <laughs> <laughs> Adventures in PED. Brought to you by Pepsi and performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> now let's talk about some guys who probably should try taking some PEDs <laughs> and chasing the Mendoza line. <laughs> yeah. Nice segue. Uh, we're down to like. It's coming back down to earth. Last year, we had a bunch of people chasing the Mendoza line all season. Yeah. It's, you know, it's August, so it's calming down a little bit. We're down to two guys. Uh, Trent Grisham. Okay. He's uh, up three points this week to 193, so he's finding his way out. And he's got six hits and 26 at-bats this past week, so he's that's like a 231 average. Yeah. So it's a slow climb, but you know he's heading the right direction. And last and certainly least, Maxwell Muncie, Max Muncie, Funky Muncie, he's up two points to one sixty-two. Five of his last twenty-five with nine strikeouts. Yeah, five of his last twenty-five. Yeah. So that's right at the Mendoza line. That's right at the Mendoza line. <laughs> yeah. Do we currently know who actually is sitting on it? Oh, yeah. There's a guy Cl- currently sitting. Closest on to the target. Oh, yeah. We can do that. Um, so there is one player sitting right at 200. It's Geraldo Perdomo. Um, and 280 at-bats. He's sitting 200. Uh, looks like he's three of his last 18 for a 167 average. He's also eight of his last 47 with 13 strikeouts. And he's um, 18 of his last 97. So he's 186 in his last 30 games. So that explains why he's he's been heading that way for a while. Yeah. So um, if you land on it, you win a prize. <laughs> <laughs> you get to sit on Mendoza's lap. <laughs> yeah, I feel like at the Diamond, Diamondbacks have some guys that like, get real close and then fall off like Christian Walker's at two Oh three right now. Um, so like, and I feel like they had some moments earlier this season where they had guys that dipped below the Mendoza line for just a week or two. Um, all right. So, all right, let's go to church. We've got thoughts and prayers, uh, thoughts and prayers to now, um, recently retired, Seattle Seahawks running back Chris Carson. Uh, early retirement due to injuries. Pete Carroll called it a shame. He's 27 years old. It was a neck injury. Um, in five years, he had 3,502 yards rushing and 24 touchdowns. I mean, he was a pretty good running back. I liked him. Uh, he's a good power runner. Um, just sucks. Uh, yeah, whenever they didn't have him, you know, like the running game struggled. Big yeah. time. It yeah. seemed like when when he was healthy, they, which wasn't very often, but he was like, they were on all cylinders when he was healthy. Like, they, their offense ran properly. 
Not to talk about also the fact that he was a he was a slick backer, like a just blocker. He he killed guys. Like any linebacker came up, Chris Carson met him, met that guy with force. So I mean, a neck injury, five years in the in the NFL is you know a long time for running back. So I mean, he's twenty seven and he's got money. So so hopefully he's he can probably pivot to something really cool in his life. Still, got still some Wu Tang financial. You know, diversify yeah, your diversify bonds. Your bonds. All right. Um, moving on to shampoo. Shampoo. We've got a shampoo to KJ Wright, another Seattle Seahawks player. Yeah, he retired. Um, he was with the Raiders last year, but um, he wanted. He said the only way he would come back and play this year is if it was with the Seahawks, and the Seahawks were like basically like we're rebuilding, we're going with young players. Yeah. So. They agreed to sign him to a one-day contract so he could retire. As a Seahawk. As a Seahawk, because that's where he had his best days. He was a Pro Bowler one year. He won a Super Bowl with the Seahawks. He was the Super Bowl MVP, if you'll remember. Yeah. Yeah. The year they won it, and then they almost won it back-to-back years, but uh, Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler at the goal line. met. Malcolm Butler had to win in Toyota Tundra. All they had to, if, they, if all they had all they had to do was run in with Marshawn Lynch and KJ Wright would be a two time Super Bowl champion. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that, probably a Hall of Famer. I don't know. He had a lot of tackles. Yeah, he's third all time in Seahawks history in tackles. Okay, that's pretty big. Yeah. Shampoo. So don't forget to subscribe to our weekly podcast and check out our other episodes available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Legends of Sportsball. You can also find us on Twitter at L Sportsball. That's at the letter L Sportsball. Make sure to become a member of our Facebook group, The Best and Worst of Sports Twitter, a subsidiary of Trevbook, to join the conversation and revel in sport in real time. Tune in Thursday, August 18th, as we induct Pete Incavelia. Thank you once again for listening to Legends of Sportsball. May the sports be with you. Always. Always.